Hi, I'm Neil. I'm Tony. And I'm Drew. Welcome to the Trust in the Machine podcast. On this episode, Daily Drivers. Are we here? Yeah. Are we here? we are here. here and ready to go. Hey. Nice. Hey, hey guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Yeah. What um, is it, Drew? I don't care about the Ford Bronco. <sighs> I, I'm indifferent to that statement. Yep. Nope. I've just put it out there. Like, this is, this is, this is where I'm at. This is where we are here today on July 19th, 2020. I do not care about the new Ford Bronco. I just don't. Such a brave... Great stance, Drew. Thank you. Drew, thank you for letting us get to episode four before making us lose all of our entire following. Yeah, goodbye, everybody. Like that. It's been it's been good to have you, especially you know, uh, considering my entire timeline pre-ordered the new Bronco. I would just like to let you know. The pie chart is gone. Yep. I will I will bring everybody back in by saying I love the new Bronco. Yeah, and I I uh, I, I, I just I, I don't understand how you could dislike something that actually appears to have a purpose to its design and like the opening video of it is it like ripping through a desert bouncing over dunes it looks like a happy fun experience it is it is like a, what old you know sport utilities like that used to be like a series yeah. two land rover yeah like yeah or, or, a, or even like a big samurai or something sure. right all, all, all although the cars people you just are still jumping those today yeah so. all of the cars you just mentioned you could buy for the markup on a new bronco <laughs> yeah but yeah we okay, but uh, pri- okay. Obviously, I can't. I can't 000. afford it. So I'm gonna say everything I'm about to say while being very broke. Uh, <laughs> the the average purchase price of a car in the U.S. right now is, I think, thirty nine thousand um, dollars. Which is a crime in and of itself, but we'll get to yes, that later. Yes, but it's still it's still below the median new car cost. So that makes it. At least somewhere in the realm of possibility, I assume for somebody who has thirty thousand dollars to drop on a car. I mean, the, I, I don't. The advertised base price is below, and then you factor yes. in dealer markup, which Ford has acknowledged oh, that they have no control yeah. over. God. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah it's, it's gonna be, it, that is cancer. That is a, cancer. It's a boat parade, Punisher decal, Boomer nostalgia mobile. <laughs> like it is. It it. And, and again, I. I, I I completely understand. Hey, that. I, am, I am angry at owners that do not exist yet because the car is currently not on sale. It just ah, I don't. But, what if, but that's the thing. What yeah. if Scout would have made it? What if what if the Scout Series One came back? Don't play with my heart like that. Don't yeah. play with my heart. <laughs> so like, don't actually being don't call the Bronco out. the Boomer Fudmobile. Whereas like if a Scout was to come back, like you would be all over that shit. But, I would, but here's yes, the thing: that you drive out. a Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check me. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done, everybody. That's we, it. we all know that, like, you're probably right that, like, it's going to be turned into a rolling hate symbol with, like, Confederate flags on the back of it and, you know, Punisher stickers and very questionable, probably murderous views slapped on the back window. But, like, it exists in this time before that has happened. You know, we get to enjoy this narrow window before it becomes, you know, solely a vehicle for people who, you know, want to just proclaim the worst possible things from yeah. their back window. It Right now, it exists in the form of one video from Ford of a two-door SUV on 35s ripping through dunes, and I am here for that. That is, is that is why I'm hyped. This is the Bronco yeah. Eden. This is before the Bronco has committed the, the original <laughs> sin. I, I, look, I, I am... Oh, I am, yeah, oh, yeah. who's, who's going to be the first person to put, like, ah... Uh, What's the most boomer fud sticker you could put on there? There's a bunch of things I don't want to say on this 
That's fair. podcast that I'm I have I was seen on like, trucks here, and I'm sure that it will be I'm, on here immediately. I'm saying like like somebody's gonna put on a sticker that's like you know this property protected by Smith and Wesson, you know, or something <laughs> like that, or yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> and, and again, like I, I don't mean to denigrate. And then there it goes. I I do not mean to denigrate people who are gonna go out and buy Broncos, and I, like. Eh. I, no, I think, I think part of this is like I, I do have to admit it looks spectacular and the package is pretty great. But 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 I have a but. I have a moral issue, a quandary, if you will, if you put an infotainment system in a car that's designed to have no doors or roof. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I and I think that's probably where where I get hung up is like, do I want to take a new Bronco off roading? And the answer is both yes and no. Yes, if I got lent one that wasn't mine, that I wouldn't have to worry about getting dinged up because I've been off-roading before and I know what happens. And no, Ford give us a Bronco to review. Right. Thank you. Mike Levine, my DMs are open. Yes. I mean, yes. Okay, it, so yeah. So how do we feel about it? Like, okay, we can't talk about the Bronco in a vacuum. Like, obviously it was aimed squarely at the Jeep Wrangler because Jeep has been, like, printing checks with those things for like the last, especially 10 years. Well, I mean, uh, like they've gotten progressively more popular. It's the only, eh, I shouldn't say only, but it is one of the main things keeping Jeep afloat right now. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the feather and, in the new Stellantis cap. Yes. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, there's, ooh, there's, um, there's a, uh, there's a lot of overlap between the Bronco and the Jeep. And like, I think there's a few things that the Jeep does better. I think, I personally would prefer having the solid front axle on the Jeep than the independent suspension on the, the Bronco. Yeah. Um, but I think the Bronco looks a little better. Um, see, this I, is where I'll this is where I'll just completely admit I don't know anything because my cars mm-hmm. are roughly two inches off the ground, uh, and I've never gone off roading of any note. I mean, I've driven a Supra on a gravel road. Uh, but that's about as far off road as I've ever gone. So all I'm that's probably I, about as butt puckery. Like taking a super on a gravel road is probably about as butt with puckery a welded as like diff. a yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> as a Jeep and Moab. Like it's the same thing, same experience, different cars. Yeah, um, and, and and now I'm going to be a hypocrite because not only am I denigrating people that I I should not absolutely be doing that, and I feel bad, and I should probably apologize at some point. But nevertheless. Uh, we're just going to keep pushing forward with this take. We, uh, we I, never I like the Wrangler. I like the Wrangler. I think the Wrangler is, is mm. and again, I, I mean, obviously, if it's a utilitarian vehicle that, you know, is, is. is designed to basically go bomb off-road and get you to and from your remote off-the-grid cabin in Montana, then yeah, you know what? I like that. I'm I mean, okay with that's, that. that's why I bought it. Like I, So I bought a new uh, Jeep Wrangler in 2014. Because a new Jeep Wrangler was like with my fleet discount that I had from work, I think like two or three grand more than a like one or two year used model. Um, like it, it, it probably was even less than that. It was a very slim. The market or the the retail value uh, compared to like the resale value is insane. Anyways, I had I had a uh, Wrangler for four years, a hundred thousand miles that I drove basically from Michigan to all over the West um, where I was doing work. And I loved it because I wanted a, so I originally wanted a pickup truck, Yeah. but I wanted like the old pickup trucks that I used to have when I was a kid. I wanted (laughs) vinyl floors. I wanted manual locks, manual windows, a five speed or six speed. You know, like I just wanted a truck that has 
it's just a truck. Like I can yeah. beat the shit out of it with work and I don't care. Yeah. And the only truck that fit that build was the Jeep Wrangler. I mean, when I bought it, I, you know, I got it with AC, a hard top and 373 gears. Like that was the only options. That's And you know, it had, yeah, manual locks, manual windows. So like, I didn't have to worry about blowing the motor out when it was negative 40 in North Dakota and the windows are frozen shut. Um, you know, it had the, the floors were not vinyl. Like you could just take the carpets out. The carpets aren't even tacked in or anything. So I bought the car and then immediately took the carpets out and all you have to do pop like six drain plugs and pull the seats and you can just spray it out with a garden hose. I, it's I fantastic. have done that in a JK and I, I do love the ability to do that. Like I, I am thrilled oh God, that you yeah. can still buy a car on the American market and I'm thrilled the Jeep now has some competition uh, and, and yeah. really like deep down in my core, like I'm not a completely soulless person. The new Bronco looks awesome. It's a fantastic package. Do I wish sure. they would have offered it with like a hybrid or an EV drivetrain? Yes. I feel like that is a That's giant fair. blind spot that they missed. You know, that if this card, cool. if this card come out 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, throw an eco boost in it and have a day. But no, I feel like, I, like the idea of silent off-roading. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. That's a, that would be interesting. Point. Yeah. But I mean, anyway, like I'm required by law to not really particularly like the Bronco because I have a Toyota truck. And like, that's just like, that's the way it works. Yes. Oh no. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, like I've, I've got a, I've got a hundred series LX 470 that's parked outside. That's Rhino line. Like I have exactly (laughs) zero moral leg to stand on the bro crowd. Like I am, I am throwing stones and this entire house is made out of saran wrap. Yeah. Oh, uh, hey, leg leg warehouse. I'm looking for a, a, a leg for my buddy Drew to stand. Yeah. On. No, I've I've got neither. I have absolutely neither. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I we we originally picked that thing up as a as a dog hauler and and as a daily driver. And as I'm looking outside right now, and it's it's moved exactly once in the last three months. We are we are kind of sitting here yeah. and reevaluating. Uh, Mm-hmm. Whether or not that needs to be maintained as kind of daily driver status, which I think brings us to today's topic. So, um, you know, w- w- when I think about daily drivers, um, I think that thing makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Like it is, it is big, it's huh. lumbering, it is quiet, oh, okay. but it is the least. I thought you were about to suggest that a daily driver doesn't make sense. Like oh, no, I, oh. I, will, I will perform my contractually obligated piece and uh, plug that Drew has an article coming out very soon on that topic. Yeah, and uh, but, I, yeah. But for now, no, I think that uh, I think that just taking off with the base assumption that a Land Cruiser that is Rhino-lined uh, with what size tires, Drew? 33s, 35s? They're 33s, yes. 33s. Well, let's, let's uh, that quantify. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense I have negative legs. So we'll, Negative legs to stand on. Depends on your industry. What kind of you know, like what kind of daily driver you have kind of suits what you do for a living. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. You know, and, that and, you're and, daily driving back and forth from. So, yeah. so what's what's your sphere, Drew? Yeah, well, you're I mean, I mean absolutely. on I think, the offshore oil rigs. Yeah, yeah, actually actually we uh so so we, we when we when we find a new deposit of the Excel spreadsheets, uh, we have to drive to them <laughs> and and obviously they're you know, the the, the accounting minds are in very um very different places, so uh, to do. They do, to do keep our, you guys in a lot of windowless caves, huh? Yes, yes, yeah. they do. So you know, we've we've got to get to and from the exact same desk every single I would, day. I would just like to think that it, just point out for a moment that it's really funny that an accountant 
uh, and a very smart person overall did buy a Land Cruiser that gets like what eleven miles per gallon and it costs a thousand dollars in tires to daily yeah. drive. Yeah, um, yeah, but which, if you're only going five miles each way, who cares? That is this true. Is true. Yeah. This is true. And I, I'm not going to pretend that like I'm more rational. Uh, oh yeah, no. Let's let's get into that a little bit. So so like like uh, Tony, as a resident of Houston, uh, yeah. How many of your vehicles have air conditioning now? Your your daily driven vehicles? Well, half of one because um, my girlfriend and I split uh, an SUV, and that thing blows ice cold. So the problem is, so I have right now my current stable um, of cars that I currently have in my driveway that run is a 1988 Honda Prelude 2.0 SI. Uh, a 1986 Honda Accord Aerodeck 2.0 EXI, and um, my my girlfriend and I split a 96 Suburban 2500 with the 454. So, oh. so that yeah. the Suburban is really cool, and the AC in it is just glaciers coming out of the vents. It That's is generous. what year is it? It, yeah, 96. So yeah, yeah. like everything uh, that I've ever had with GM is disgustingly it is, cold. It's it is so good. It is. It feels like walking into a refrigerator the yeah. instant you turn the key, and I love it. The problem I have, speaking of accounting, is that that gets a solid, rock-steady, no matter what traffic you drive through, AC on or off, 8.3 miles per gallon. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That yeah. bad? Well, it's a, it's a 454. Yeah. Uh, and it's got the towing pack, so it's got a little bit longer hearing, but it, it doesn't matter. Like, you can sit there and idle and... And for like two hours, then go take off down the highway, sit and stop and go. It doesn't matter. Eight point three. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were wow. talking about rocket couches a couple of weeks ago. This is a glacier <laughs> couch. This is a glacier <laughs> couch. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's great. Like we have it basically because everything else we own is coupes um, or motorcycles. So we needed like we reached a point where we had put. Uh, I think I mentioned this previously, but we had IKEA furniture that was in the back of a roll caged. Honda Civic, and we were like <laughs> threading bookshelves through the bars of the roll cage. We were like, "This is yeah. ridiculous." So we had a we had a friend who was selling it, and we we picked it up, um, figuring that like it'll be great for like we need to carry six people, or we need to go to Home Depot, or we need to tow something. You know, it it gives us that versatility. I don't drive it that much though because of the mileage and because it just feels insanely wasteful. Yeah, uh, driving it everywhere because it's it just gets terrible mileage. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's it is. It fits in in Houston um, because everybody here drives an enormous <laughs> truck, and it's usually just them That's driving it. That's a mild it. understatement. Yeah, it's, it's the one oh, thing yeah. you can see from from the the, the dashboard of a, a GL sixty three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. It's, so it's great in terms of like uh, mutually assured destruction in traffic. <laughs> um, but but I still am not a huge fan of driving it everywhere. So I usually drive uh, either my Aerodeck or my um, my Prelude places when. Previously, you know, I would usually bug Raven to give me a ride in her RCF because uh, it has AC. It has AC that blows through the seats. Uh, it's all leather, oh, yeah. Alcantara. It's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, my neither of my Hondas have AC at the moment. That's a long way to say that. Well, they don't even <laughs> just not have AC. Like just before we got started, you were talking about how on the Aero deck it was starting to overheat. So it doesn't just have not no. AC, it has active heating in the middle <laughs> well, of the summer. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it's really hot here today, and um, it the wiring is a little janky, and I need to fix it, but I'm scared of wiring, so I haven't yet. So there's a there's an auxiliary switch for the, for the fans to tr- turn them on before it gets hot, and I turned it on after it got hot, and I forgot, and I was like, okay, the, the temp gauge is solidly, like, 
at the half mark, and I know it, I want it to be below. So I just cranked the heat at 95 degrees in completely stopped traffic on 45. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So. Well, to be fair, though, uh, your vehicles have at least active heating. Uh, Neil, I believe your daily driver uh, <laughs> has has none of the above. An utter lack of climate control systems. Yeah, yeah just, that's what you get yeah. when you daily drive a uh, BMW 1250GS adventure. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not even sure bro. that's daily drive. What? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, it's actually, you know, for me, uh, my daily drive preference has kind of shifted a little bit now that I've just moved out of living downtown. Um, but like when I was living in downtown Dallas, nine times out of 10, I would say 19 times out of 20, if I was going anywhere and it wasn't raining, I'm on a bike. Because, you know, for me, I lived in an apartment building that was like an old converted warehouse. So yeah. we didn't have an attached garage. So yeah. um, and it was valet only, which was no. kind of a bummer. Yeah. So, what? you know, I would park my I'd park my motorcycle on the base level of the garage. So I would yeah. you know, just walk across and get in the garage and go. Whereas like, you know, I kind of had to bribe the valet dudes with like tacos and whataburger like once a month <laughs> because they you know it's just you know i'd roll up and be like i'm sorry i'm just i have no i'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna let you valet like you know um so yeah like getting the car out was kind of a pain in the ass whereas like getting on the bike was just so much more convenient and then living downtown you know dallas yeah. is pretty good about they don't give a shit if you park on the sidewalks as long as you don't make a scene um yeah. you know and just kind of getting in and out for me groceries i can get everything that i need for a week or so just Plus, in a backpack. With an adventure bike, you can actually handle potholes. Which, yeah. yeah. From oh, my experience well, driving in Dallas is actually a very well, useful thing to have. You yeah. say that, but then a pothole took out um, the front tire and nearly threw me off the bike about a week into me owning it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, that. That, was a, that was a day. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, I mean, I, I have generally daily driven motorcycles um, for the last two years. Which is fairly um, practical. Like, like, let's yeah. be clear. Like, that is, I mean, that is the, probably the best mobility Dallas doesn't get all solution. that much rain. Um, yeah. Now, it is a little impractical that I'm taking a 1250 adventure bike <laughs> to go, like, one or two mile trips around downtown. You uh-huh. Know? Yeah. Um, I do get, hey, now, yeah, how, how fair, dare I do you? Take how it dare out. you? Uh, I do take it out on some long stretches. But, um, no, I mean, coming from that, though, my daily driver was that uh, Jeep Wrangler. You know, I bought... Uh, I bought that when I was working in the oil fields and I was going Perfect back and car. forth from the Midwest where really I lived dead to... Dead serious. Dead, oh, Jeep the Jeep Wrangler, Wrangler? Is perfect city car. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. 100%. Like, I would I would suggest that if anybody's like, I'm living in a big city, uh, what car should I get? What would be the best one? Jeep Wrangler. 100%. Yep. And get it yeah. with a, a six-speed manual because, uh, first off, it has the turning radius of a golf cart. Like, yep. you can, like... <laughs> I in a in a yep. like I would say three lane road, you know, so yep. like a residential street where you can have cars on either side, and then there's enough room for a car in the middle. I could do like a a U turn without having to three point it. Yeah, you know, like what? you just full lock, what? and you're not even like yeah. you're not even like I know you're like well you probably just crawled over the curb on the other side. No, like it was a easy full complete 180 yeah. the, the, um the mic you know, arm if, is longer than the wheelbase on a, yeah. on a on a short wheelbase wrangler so so it's super yeah. maneuverable downtown you yeah. sit above all the other cars so you can see past traffic kind of see what's going on which is handy yeah um it has plastic bumpers plastic fenders you know so who cares yeah. like if somebody bumps into you uh on a parallel park job gone bad like 
Oh no. Nobody cares. Not that. If you, yeah, if somebody pulls up next to you at a, at a grocery store and opens their door, nine yeah. times out of 10, it's going to hit the fenders. Yeah. And oh no, a plastic fender got hit. Or, or you could just get a set of sliders and then their door is totaled. Problem solved. <laughs> Jesus. The best approach to uh, defending against Ordings is an offensive approach. Yeah. <laughs> That's malicious defense right there. That's a malicious defense. Um, yeah. yeah, no. These, like, are, I, these are the thing that I would just like to note is uh, I actually drove my Aero deck today for the first time in a while, and um, mm-hmm. I was basically on top of a your lane is closed sign because I'm sitting on the wrong side of the car, three inches off the ground. So somebody had to tell me, "Hey, your lane is going to end up ahead. I really like your car, oh, so if you no. want to pull in front of me, you can." <laughs> so nice. that yeah, I will say that like. Uh, as silly as that statement sounded to begin with, because I've never driven a Jeep, uh, and thinking of them as a city car is funny to me, that actually, it makes more sense now that I think about it. Yeah. yeah. And actually, so I, I talk now about how the Jeep Wrangler is the greatest daily driver if you live in the downtown area. And what did I do before I like moved to Dallas? Sold my Jeep Wrangler. Yep. Um, it is the, I would say, the number two car that I regret selling. Um, the first being my old Chevy S10. Uh, or excuse uh, me, Chevy Colorado. There's uh, other reasons for this that. Is but a country there, song. Do you need me to start yeah. strumming a little bit over here? That, yeah, that actually that does <laughs> um, track though uh, with the, with missing an old mini truck because the number one car that I miss. I love uh, small trucks. The, the small trucks one, are the best. The number one vehicle I miss selling um, was I had a '94 Toyota pickup. Four-wheel drive mm-hmm. and five-speed manual, twenty-two RE. We're gonna need to unpack trucks and like a whole yeah. other. Yeah, well, we, oh, we, we we will. Yeah, but allow me yeah. to just say, I loved my Toyota truck to death, yeah. and I still regret getting rid of it. Oh, probably yep. even more than I get regret getting rid of my Supra, because like the Supra, I had this whole big, uh, you know, long it's adventure a journey. with. Yeah, yeah, it was a journey. I mean, I've written about that for the site, that's for sure. Yeah, um, but it was it was it had a sense of closure. The the truck just like. The truck just happened to have really hard work to do on it in the middle of winter, and I didn't have an insulated garage. And I, like, cut myself 12 times on my hands, and I couldn't move my fingers, and I was like, all right, I can't do it, and I had to sell it. Yeah. So, that, but I, I, that one, like, there's a special nostalgic place for, like, Mm -hmm. being in your 20s and having a mini truck, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't make them, like... This, uh, I oh hate boy, saying this. Do, do, they, do they not make them anymore? Neil, Neil, I'm sure you don't like the boomer They don't make them the like Bronco. they used to. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, refinance your mortgage? That. I'm going to say it. Yeah, they don't make total. them like they used to. It, no, um, you, you're completely right, honestly. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So. I. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, they, so there's a bad. good reason for why they don't make them like they used to because my 94 oh, was sure. that had no airbags. They they drilled holes in the roof to put the third brake light on because 94 was the first year they were required for pickups. And um, it was yep. it was the first year the U.S. market got side impact door bars oh, for pickup trucks. Go on. So it was it was actually less Progress. slightly less of a death death trap, but like it still had paper thin doors and stuff. Like it was. Yeah. It also you had could, no. You AC. could probably see out of it too. Yeah, I which could. yeah. I could. Yeah, that so is that would be a not, probably not great daily driver. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, not, so so. Yes and no. I mean, yes from the fact that like who doesn't love it, yeah. but bad from the fact that like the longer you're in cars, the more likely you're to be in an accident, and the more likely you're going to die in an accident if you're in a '94 pickup. Have you yeah. have you ever seen the door width on my Prelude? 
That's or the fair. amount of glass in my aerodeck. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa. We're wait, not wait talking about good decisions here necessarily. Are you talking about door length? Because you're talking to somebody who used to daily drive a third-gen Camaro. <laughs> those, <laughs> no, those, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the, the, the thickness for the, for the cross profile. So when you open the door, like how how thick is your door? And the preludes and the Accords are both like wafer thin. Oh, so yeah. from a safety perspective, uh, the, sure. those are not great cars. However, the third-gen like, Camaro, I feel like you could probably drive through a yeah, fence, A-team yeah. style. Like, there's nothing cool to be said about safety generally like nobody's nobody's going hooray the safety guy is going to drop some hot licks on us now <laughs> um but you know i think that's probably a not so you know it's something that needs to be considered at least a little bit in a daily driver oh 100%. i mean says says the person riding yeah 12 I, okay i immediately i'm certainly never going to preach to anybody about safety my my sure. default thing is if somebody wants to buy a newer car uh, and they care about safety. I tell them to get like you know a Honda Fit or you know something newer that's got like side curtain mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I've a... only owned one car with an airbag in my Which whole life. Which one? My Matrix. Actually. Sorry, what? Yeah, really? I've... Oh, that that's the... that's the one that you just put up on the site as being like the worst car you've ever Wait. owned, right? Yeah. Just making sure we're getting that straight. Okay. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. That. Hold on. Your your was it a suburban or a Yukon? No. no, I said Matrix. Toyota Matrix. No, no, XL. no, no. But your 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 car that you have now the SUV. Well, I own half that, so I okay, guess, but that's I guess that airbag. one does it's have half an airbag. Half an airbag. Yeah. And half an I airbag doesn't really do anything. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, okay, that one does. Uh, I don't daily it though, because I'm using like that's I don't true. really truly daily the truck. I daily the Prelude, which has a padded steering wheel, um, or I daily the Accord, which I'm putting my wood grain back in, so that's not even padded. Yes. Because uh, I got that Nardi that I pulled that, off the Supra. I believe that wood wood wheel. Am I am I? pronouncing yeah. it correctly that would be uh, yes uh yes. which yeah yeah so um so i mean i don't daily a car with airbags the matrix xrs is the only car i ever had that had them and it sucked uh i hated it not yeah, because my, of the airbag but you my, know. <laughs> my miata has airbags but really i think that was just because it was a mandate if you get into a wreck in the miata <laughs> i mean there, there's like we were talking about doors earlier. Like there's there's more metal in a gum wrapper than there is in a door on the Miata. Like yeah. I've lowered it now, so I'm I'm staring all of like the fog lights on a suburban like straight in the eye. You know, I like the, the good news about a Miata is like it's you're not gonna go to the hospital. They're just gonna skip that. Like you just It's a sure death. It's over. Yeah. Like you're just yeah. gonna slide underneath yep. the bumper of a of a car in front of you and it'll just take yep. your head off. Yeah, it's they'll just hose you off the highway. Like that's fine. Whatever. It's a Miata, yeah. you can you can dodge. You can you know, it's a slow really, out there. It's for a really suburbans. rolling guillotine at this point. Yes. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> Which, like, yes. don't introduce that idea to the French. Just saying. I know yeah. you have a proclivity for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the, Fr- the French may make the only car flimsier than my Miata, which I love them for. Thank you so yeah. much. By the way, we all need to buy Twingos. Side note, everybody buy a Twingo. Um, by the way, we are, what we are is coming a up. We are, what is oh, a Twingo? Oh, boy. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a break real quick while we uh, educate Neil over the next... We're going send him, to send him to the, uh, the Twingo school real quick. Uh, we will be uh, oh, right back after this message from our, uh, our sponsor. Are you not at your best? Are you frequently subsidized by the French government as a labor concession in an increasingly competitive global marketplace? Do you feel lethargic, unable to make the most of your day? Have you found yourself in the same situation year after year, putting Hellcat motors in the entire lineup? Sometimes you need a little help. Stellantis. 
Stellantis is a non-narcotic merger of equals that might give you the synergy you need to make it through the decade. Do not take Stellantis if you are pregnant or might become pregnant. Some common side effects of Stellantis are dizziness, difficulty breathing, aging product lineups, insomnia, and repeating the number 707 until you lost your last sensible thought. Talk to your doctor to see if Stellantis might be right for you. Stellantis. This is literally the best we could do given the circumstances. So that's a Twingo. <laughs> I um I really like the one that I found, which has this. Um, let me pull the picture back up here on my laptop. It's a uh, like a sea green blue. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah, it's like on the steering wheel, the control buttons, the handle, the door crank, and then there's yellow on the door and yeah. a purplish '90s retro whatever um yeah. i think it i said it looked like the inside of a un like remodeled taco bell yeah you know like one of the old ones so and, yep. and with that you it's now such understand a good aesthetic. it's such that, a good aesthetic you now understand the twingo and why we all want one yeah y'all, yes. y'all, y'all remember when cars used to have paint with pigment in it y'all remember that those were good days weren't they yeah huh. we've got one yeah, like bright that. yellow one hashtag get it in the good color you you have a, a cursed y49 <laughs> That is that is one yeah. of the great Honda colors. It is, period. it is. It is fantastic in person, but I'm always paranoid driving it because I'm just waiting for like a semi truck to not see me and plow through me. Um, yeah, well, that's why you get it in just, school bus yellow. Well, the thing yeah. is, is though, uh, it, the curse is real. Like, just as an really? aside, the Y49 curse is absolutely real because Can, so, tell, tell tell folks what that is. What is the uh, Y49 so curse? The idea is Enlighten that, me. Uh, specifically with the CRX, I think I don't think it's as much for other Honda models, but. Uh, Honda had this uh, Barbados yellow, Barbados. I don't know how to say that. Um, but they had this the specific yellow. They ran in the late '80s to early '90s, I think. Uh, paint code Y49, which is what my Prelude is painted. And there's this Y49 curse, which is like that any car painted in that color is eventually going to end up getting plowed into by somebody because they can't see it or whatever. You'd think that you know a bright yellow car would be very visible, but I have seen so many wrecked. Y49 CRXs that I just have to acknowledge that there's got to be something to it. This is some Bermuda Triangle shit. This it, is some Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it yep. is because you'd think. Do we play the like, intro? Like, do we play the theme music for X Files right now? I think I want to believe. <laughs> uh, I don't because I'm driving around in a Y49 car, so I'm hoping yeah. that I don't get hit by a yeah, semi. Die. But it, it is it is the really risky put a damper on the show. I feel like when when it comes to a daily driver, I feel like painting it in a bright color is the way to go. At which point, I, I acknowledge that oh, if you weren't is. if you weren't planning on on doing what I think you want to wrap the arrow deck, I would advocate for a Y49 arrow deck. That would be cool. Because it would be phenomenal. That'd but, be cool. I, the only yeah. thing... Uh, so I have a whole wrap race livery plan for some car. Yes. Um, the thing is, ever since I got the CRX, I was thinking, oh, well, I mean, I'm probably going to have to get new fenders for it to cram bigger tires underneath, so it's going to need right. to do something with the paint. We'll see. I might end up going that route with the CRX instead because it's actually fast. The arrow deck is... Yeah. Um, the Euro deck, yeah. I enjoy so much being slow that I might actually not even swap in the manual. Because, like, on the on the whole topic of, like, what makes a good daily, uh, my yeah. Prelude has one of the best five speeds I've ever felt in a car. Like the, It's a the Honda car, shifter. That's yes. what they do. It's Honda just, makes shifters. Sometimes they make cars. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, it really is, like, the That's centerpiece true. of that car. Like, it just feels so nice, and it's very fun to, you know, drive 
whip around corners and stuff and heel toe going up to traffic lights and like it's great and then i live in houston so i spend like two seconds every year doing that and i spend the other however many seconds there in a year sitting in traffic foot foot in first gear five feet do you think a manual is a bad transmission for a daily driver so oh i I don't well there's the next 15 minutes (laughs) i don't want to go that far um i have always been a a manual purist not because i think that it makes me better to drive one uh but because i enjoy it like that said well that's not really purity then like it's it's, not you're not saying that manuals are the only way to be no i I just have always only owned manual cars because i owned one automatic uh for a daily driver back when i lived in um ohio which ohio doesn't have traffic like houston does and it's actually got some curvy roads so a manual there is a lot more fun uh, mm-hmm. But I had a 92 Mitsubishi Mirage with no factory AC and a three-speed auto. Yeah, the rally spec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, uh, by yeah. rally spec, you mean one you don't care if you fling into yeah, a that's, tree. That's, that's the VR3. <laughs> that was a uh, little-known model. Yeah. It was rally art, I believe. I just have to like defend at least a little bit automatic transmissions as much as it kind of makes me cringe. Um, because I have a uh, Cayman with a PDK, and I need to like reassure well, myself that I didn't make now, the wrong decision. I, I feel like that's because that, <laughs> sometimes is, I'm not so sure. PDK is the third way, though, because I feel like I feel like there is there yeah. is you have your manual, which is this is this is good with a capital G, and then you have your torque converter automatic. That's like I'm neutral on that. I'm okay. I'm old enough now where like having comfortable seats make a difference. So I really can't like talk badly about torque converter automatics. I think I've already used up all my, all my good, goodwill in, in talking crap about things on this episode. So, sure. but then you have PDK, which is a video game. PDK is like this, this like hack into the space time continuum where like the time between shifts is like shortened it's just your perception of reality is shortened. Like I feel it's, like that would be easier to explain than how uh, the the partial double double coupling. Yeah, double. I think thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, than how that works. Like it would. And be it's easier. actually pronounced Porsche. Just wanted to no. I'm just. Kidding. I don't. Hate, I don't hate. Um, no, I um I really enjoyed the PDK. I think it's a great transmission as a whole. Yeah. Um, but see, that's I guess where it kind of ties in on daily driver, like. You could have a good transmission that's an automatic, um, you know, whether it be a double clutch or whatever. But yeah, there's some things. I mean, my Jeep was a was a manual, and I really love that. Um, sometimes yeah. I just want to be able to get into a car with a manual and go. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. you know, even like a daily driver, I don't. I don't know. But Maybe I've never spent too much traffic or yeah, too I, much time I, in like bumper to bumper traffic. Yeah. But Maybe. I drove through Chicago every month. Um, and it's always a mess. And yeah. I don't know, it didn't kill me. I didn't hate it, you know. Yeah. And I mean, so, before I got, if you're the, doing it, yeah. I was gonna say before I got the Aerodeck, I drove the Prelude or the Supra every day. The Supra actually had yeah. like a stage two clutch, whatever the hell that means. Somebody else replaced it, but it was sure. very stiff with a window of engagement that was about the width and thickness of a quarter. Yeah. So Yikes. it was rough Stall to drive. City. Yeah, and I, I had a Population welded diff you. in it, and I still daily drove it for quite a while. The roof leaked, didn't have heat, didn't have AC. Uh, you know, it's it, pronounced masochism. That, this, this is checking all of my boxes for buying a new was, driver. This is good. Yeah. It was it was great because it was fun as hell. Like It was just such a joy yeah. to drive when, it, when, when everything lined when up. When you got in the car, did the did the, like, the, the welcome chime say harder, daddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, that uh, enough comment. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, I have a very warped sense of like what is fun to daily drive. But like after I drove that Mitsubishi, I was like, oh, automatics are terrible because that car was just an absolute miserable experience to be in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I haven't done another automatic since. I mean, our truck is an automatic, but like I again barely drive it, so not really counting that here. Um, and then I got the Aerodeck, and uh, the it's a four-speed automatic. It is slow as hell because it's a uh, B20A, so non-VTEC two-liter inline four dual overhead cam. What was the Probably horsepower like, when new? Yeah, uh, one thirty-five, I think. That's that uh, gets okay. you out of trouble in traffic. It, like that'll that's get you actually to more than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The problem is that it's made it. Is it the same motor basically for all intents and purposes as my Prelude engine? They are both B28. The the Prelude motor is a US spec variant, so there's slight differences, but like they're very similar. Both fuel injected, yeah. two liter, non VTEC, dual overhead cam in line fours. Um, and the Prelude is definitely peppier with the manual. Uh, you can you definitely feel like you can like you know work it through the gears. You can redline at seven. Like getting on an on ramp is really fun. Yeah. Um, but like just cruising in the aero deck. Four-speed auto, like one hand on the wheel, one hand out the window, stereo blasting. Which Great I should add, yeah, the the stereo in the Aerodeck. Uh, somebody did it before me, and I, they, they are my hero. Like the stereo in that car is well beyond any skill level for wiring I'll ever have, oh. and it is <laughs> incredible. Like I've never had a most car. stereo wiring is done by like no, high school kids, it, and, and that's it the looks thing. Like yeah, it's that's, rats that's the stereotype with Honda. This is like my I had to fix oh, wiring. Yeah my prelude because somebody ripped out a stereo and then my taillights didn't work i've said that before um but the, yeah, the wiring in the crx is oh god yeah that's anyway that's, anyway but the, the aero deck is just done so professionally so like you know you just kind of leaned back automatic transmission you sit in traffic whatever you just foot on the brake gas whatever listen to your music kind of yeah just chilling like i have gained an entirely new appreciation for uh i guess the art of cruising like, I've never had a cruiser car, and now I've got this slammed, slow... Just... It requires less input. Yeah. You know, you can yeah, just kind it's... of focus more on the enjoyment and less on the driving. Yeah. yeah. And, and in a city like Houston, and I have my limited experience in Dallas, that's kind of nice sometimes. Like, I can't yeah. knock yeah. automatics anymore. Um, yeah. Think, and not to, mention, everybody... yeah. not to mention... Not to mention, I'm sorry. One specific. One right? last other thing. I have made it very clear that I am a huge fan of Alexis RCF. Uh, yes. Which only comes with an eight-speed automatic, and it is a traditional automatic. It is not a PDK DSG whatever. Is it? Is it a Toyota in-house development or? Uh, I Eisen? don't think so. I think I think it's is it Eisen. Is it yeah, Eisen? Eisen? I think it is. I want to say because I, I could be wrong, but I think it's. Is it what? I know they they contract Eisen A I S I N. I think. Yeah. Is how that's spelled. <clears throat> it that might be it because I know that they made. They've done some transmission stuff for Toyota in the past. But yeah. in any case, like that automatic yeah. just is amazing. You put it yeah. in, you know, relax mode and it's like you barely yep. you barely even feel the shifts. You put it well, in kick my ass mode and it will yeah. it will punch you in the chest at I, yeah. red line that's, shifts. That's what I love about like the same thing with PDK. Like, oh, really PDK's any so good, good I, performance uh, modern you know, transmission like that. Yeah is awesome because they've done such a good job with making the tuning of the transmission and the engine yeah. so push-button friendly that, yeah, it's Jekyll and Hyde mode where if I put the Cayman, 
Um, I've always called it Camry mode. You know, you, you put it into automatic. <laughs> yeah. No, it tracks. It tracks. Yep. Yeah, you put it into automatic. Yep. You um, turn on the the auto start stop feature, which also has some other like highway capabilities for the PDK, where it automatically dis- you know disconnects to coast and all that stuff. You can drive that car, and it is mild as any anything rolling off the Toyota sedan line. Yeah. Um, and then you put it into miles. Sport Plus. You put the suspension on hard. You put the the sport exhaust on, and it's a whole different car. Yeah, I've, um, I've written about this for our dust ball, ball, yeah. ball write-ups, but the the Sport Plus where the ECU goes into the like factory burble tune is super nice. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I I can tell when like if I'm following a a anything that goes into Sport Plus in the twisties, it's like oh there's the burble tune. Yep, time to go. Let's go ahead and downshift mm-hmm. to third and see what happens. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. So, so okay, like um, back to the the topic of daily drivers. I mean, we've kind of defined like a few different traits of what makes a good daily driver, right? Yeah. So, auto versus manual. It's I guess it's kind of it's a toss up. It depends you know, on your drive situation yeah. dependent. Yeah. Sure, sure. But you know, you can't really choose too wrong there. No. But air conditioning is obviously a must, uh, uh, Tony. You really need to look into that because I, uh, I, yes. I really don't want you dying yes. of heat stress on the you know yeah. Houston freeways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good AC, good creature comforts, I think, is honestly a big... As much as I hate saying that, because I generally like pretty, you know, austere cars on the inside. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like something that's got, you know, if you're getting something new, cooled seats. Having yeah. cooled seats oh, is amazing. Oh, yeah. If I can quote the movie Dogma, that, you know, the, the greatest sin known to mankind is, is central air conditioning. No, it's cooled seats. Like, <laughs> ventilated seats are... <laughs> Magic. I do not understand why every vehicle manufactured does not have like NHTSA and the DOT mandating cooled seat. They're the greatest. <laughs> and what's even in better, the world when you can have a cooled seat, like yep. a ventilated seat that yes. also has seat heaters. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You put the heat on in the winter with the ventilation. Oh. Ten out oh, of ten. Oh yeah. No, it's this. This is. Uh, yeah, I, I don't need a masseuse. Like, and this is and honestly, like uh, a heated steering wheel too. Throwing that on there, dog on it. Sure, uh-huh. we might not need it in Texas. But a heated steering wheel is one of those things. Yeah, no. Once you have it, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get rid of. We we need it for those mornings when the temperature gets below fifty degrees. <laughs> you know, it's I, uh, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're at risk of frostbite. Guys, you I guys will are say, 40s. y'all are soft. I, I will say too, like um, <laughs> maybe my perspective is slightly different because this year, actually, this past winter was the first time I commuted in a car that had any heat in the past three years. Why? Uh, why do we have you on in a in a conversation about daily drivers? I feel like yeah. there's like <laughs> there's a complete bare minimum. Like you know, so I if found the car, this, if the I car found this, locomotion, uh, we're good. I, I, recently, yeah, I found this 1980s Honda that had a milk crate for a driver's yeah. seat, and somebody put Death nails break. into the shifter uh, pedal. Like I don't know, you know, the, the clutch pedal. I don't know why. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the shift knob is just a chrome ball. So it gets a billion degrees. In the oh, hey, that's sun. my Supra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who are, who are you in any sort of authority position? Tell us about daily driving. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, you must understand. I'm just being an idiot. And that's generally how I yeah. live my life is at that's some true. point, you know, I turned 25 in six days at some point I am going to have a day where i just get into my car with no ac and yep. I, you know it, there's good it, you know the the window because it's houston and well, it's 110 degrees out yeah that too but you know <laughs> yeah. there's just gonna be a day that comes when i get into you know my slammed as hell no ac uh, honda accord or my 
regular ride height, no AC prelude. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? No, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get something reasonable. And I'm just not at that point in my life yet. Cause I've gotten close. I, I've thought about it. I've thought about buying fair. a Corolla with AC, like a 2008 Corolla or a, actually yeah. I really love, like, I actually like the fit. Five years ago, I would have said the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I like the Honda Fit. I like like the eighth gen Civic. I just wrote a love letter to it on the website. I mean, I think in general they're just fantastic cars. I drove one in college because my dad uh, couldn't drive anymore, so we had a eighth gen Honda Civic sitting around, and my, I was like, "Can I take this to school?" Yeah, sure. So I, I, you know, commuted back and forth to college uh, uh, don't, seventy don't miles a day. Fast. You know, in a Honda yeah. Civic. Don't grow up. You you are the heart and soul of this show. Like, don't don't listen to me being curmudgeon over here, obnoxious yeah. and and with all of the hot takes. No no no. We need we need optimism and happiness and joy <laughs> with no AC and and you know no ride height. Like I, no, just like we a need puppy. More of that. Just yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yes. In in good news on that front, I actually did bottom out in my driveway pulling my Perfect. cord in the other day because it's so good. uneven and my car literally. I mean. It is. It is on the ground. It's fun as hell, though. Like the thing is, yeah. Is, you know, it, it's just. Uh, it's not the most comfortable at seventy miles an hour on forty-five, but like, it's not that bad. You know, you, you get moving. Yeah. It's it's not bad. I will admit, I, I would like AC, and I'm going to do that at some point. Like I joke, yeah. But not having AC in Houston is hell on earth. The main here's my, reason I haven't proposal. done it is just we're not driving. But yeah, go ahead. My Drew. proposal is that you can't ever go, but like it's it's like uh, it's like Peter Pan. Like you can't. You can't ever go back. Like, yeah. once you stop believing, like, it's just gone. Like, once you get AC, you don't go back from AC. Once yeah. you get cooled seats, you do nothing else. You sit in the car. That's the rest yeah. of your life. That's your new home. You now live in the cooled seats. Like, they, once you get those creature amenities, like, there is no, there is it's, no going it's back. It's really hard to go back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Sequoia that I drive now um, mm. is, yeah, it's a 2004 Sequoia, and the AC I found is extremely variable on engine speed. Um, yeah, so when you're when you're cruising on the highway, it does not have enough ass to keep you cold when it's 92, 95 degrees out or whatever. Uh, but if you shift it down into like second gear, because I think it's like four speed, so you're not quite redlining um, on the freeway. If you do that, put in second gear, it will blast Arctic chill for like you know 30 seconds, and you're like. Uh, okay, I should probably stop this and not blow the car up. Um, so if you drive behind me in Dallas and you see a black Sequoia just suddenly rev to like six thousand, they want to go. Stay there. They want to run. They want to. They want to. No, run that, no, that UZ not at all. I'm just yep. trying to cool my ass down. Um, so uh, yeah, it's hard to get those creature comforts up though, because um, that's the worst AC I've had in a vehicle since. I think that's the worst AC I've had in a vehicle. Period. Oh, that um, yeah. See, because like, I've always had good AC. This is not like, yeah. You know, uh, of course the, the Michigan the S10 on the had good AC. Always had good AC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't stress testing it like uh, you guys do down here. Yeah. But <laughs> really hitting you, the engineering limits. You actually on that. joke, but that's why my Prelude doesn't have AC. It yeah. worked when I bought it, but the heat down here was so intense that it seized the compressor. Yeah, too much use. Yeah, no, legitimately, yeah, so. it was too hot here, and I think uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I really needed to bleed it off or something because it was just too pressurized. But it's R twelve, so I didn't want to let it into the atmosphere because I feel like I'm destroying the Earth then, and so I just sure. let it be, and the compressor sees. So it's still a like fully charged R twelve system. 
uh, with a broken compressor, which is why it will probably never have AC. Because if you've ever looked up what it costs to convert R12 yeah. in an eco-friendly manner, it mm-hmm. is probably worth as much as the car. So yeah. So so I think you know what do we get, Drew? Then so Drew, you're you're going to get rid of the hundred series. Is that that, a fair statement. I I would say that maybe not sell it, but at least replace its purpose. I, I think with eighty five percent probability, it is it is going to go by the wayside at some point. I like there 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 is this voice in the back of my head that says it's time to get into something that would be fun. And, and granted, the piece is dropping Monday. Although when this podcast comes out, will be like two Mondays ago. Um, <laughs> I. I really hate the idea of having a daily. Like, I really, like, there is a piece of me when I sit down and, like, I'm, I'm falling asleep and it's the last thought before I fall asleep. I hate the idea of having a daily. Yeah. Like, a daily Why? is this, like, suck of resources. Yeah. It is, like, every, like, and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, my, my first daily, so I, I, I bought my Corvette because I'm an idiot and I was 23. <laughs> and That's how all good and stories then, start. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and having that around, I'm like, wow, I need something that makes a whole lot more sense. Let's go buy a, a 2004 CT. TSV and I did and then I spent Ooh. way more money trying to keep that car running than I did trying to do anything with the Corvette and yeah. it's like oh this yeah. is this entirely defeats the purpose I am I am paying for maintenance I am insuring I am doing all of the things that if I didn't have to do that on this car and I didn't have to get to work every day yeah oh, well see I think boy. I don't think that necessarily negates the the idea of a daily driver I just think you're shit at picking daily drivers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that checks out. That definitely tracks. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, if I had, like, if I had uh, you know, a daily driver yeah. is a car that you know, I I love the Cayman, and I would drive it. I drive it already a good amount, but you know, is that the car that I necessarily want to like? If I had to go into an office, um, 15, 20, 30 minutes away every day, is that the car I want to take? Like, no, absolutely not. Um, you know, and so I think like for me, I would define a daily driver as. A you know probably a cheaper car um, at yeah. least if you have other options available I'm right set so there. like <laughs> for <Yeah>. me <laughs> for me a, a daily driver though is like is supplemental to whatever you have as like a fun car right um, yeah. so you know something cheaper and but it needs to be know, some cheap fun. reliable good AC that is I yeah. think having a little bit of fun that's where I would want a manual you know yeah having a daily driver with a manual it still makes it. A little bit of fun you know yeah my friend had a toyota echo um in in high school yeah and that thing was a manual and it was a colossal turd oh but yeah, they're, they're you had a manual with it so you could you know still ring it out and have a little bit of fun yeah yeah um so you know that's for me i think yeah a, a good daily driver is relatively comfortable pretty cheap has something that makes it fun like a manual um you know, and so so would you know, say would you point, say that if there was it. a a high up vehicle you could see out of you could still you know do some have some fun activities in you could option with a manual maybe a turbo don't, don't do this would you say that don't you know this sub like thirty thousand dollar Ford Bronco don't dare do this <laughs> yes yes I kill mean, him with his own words I mean. It, it's just a thought, you know. It's yeah. uh, very versatile, and it's got AC, and uh, probably you can get an option with you know nice seats and stuff. But and, no, and, I mean and, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be legit, uh, real quick though, I will say, the OP daily driver. I've driven a few. It is my favorite. If you are if you are us, and I think all three of us are childless, and you know mostly just 
we both may basically need a vehicle that will get us to and from work, uh, in sure. some comfort, fun on the weekends, and the Miata. That that is yeah. my actual that is my actual yeah. pitch. No, that I tracks. still think that the Bronco actually fits more of these criteria than you guys give it credit for. But I, I will say the only thing I hate no about credit. having a Miata is I've already made daily. my bed. I don't. I just don't like that the Miata has a little less utility. Oh yeah. Like, and I hate saying that. But I mean, you know, for me, uh, now that I live outside of downtown, when we do go back to the office, I will be commuting um, at least a little greater distance. For me, my utility will be adding uh, aluminum hard cases to the GS. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah. But, you know, like I would like to be able to get a couple things from the store, you know, groceries or whatever. And I'm yeah. not saying you can't, can't do that in an, ND, in an ND Miata. No, it's definitely um, harder, though. Yeah, but, for sure. And But, I mean, you know, that, so, that's really, you know, that, you know, a modern Civic Si is a great car. You know, if you want a little bit I more think, room. Uh, do I yeah. want to encourage Honda to keep making angry-looking things, though? I read uh, your piece. You don't have to get a new one. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, well, I feel like used is a way to go with a daily. That's a totally yeah, different conversation. Yeah, that, I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if yeah. it's just a, if it's just a, a device simply designed to suck up miles, yeah. you know, like just put meaningless, soulless driving miles on the clock, yeah, yeah why not get a cheap used car? Yeah. Daewoo Nubria. Um, that's the yeah. takeaway here. <laughs> I mean, I Wait think you second. could still have some fun with it, though. Like, I think you could still have... Uh, all right, no, Tony, you really want to say yeah, this. Yeah, uh, what year is the Twingo legal for import in the United States? <laughs> I think uh, we figured it out. Are on, there any on. Twingos in the U.S.? No, they're not legal yet, but I think uh, I think the generation that every single person on Earth wants uh, is like a 97, so we're... Hey, 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 Tony. Yeah. 1992. <gasps> Perfect! There we go. You can get one in Europe yep. for like nice. 50 euros. I am yeah. not joking. They literally cost less than like uh, an iPhone. Like they are, they are dirt cheap, and because they are made out of Taco Bell interior, they wear really well. From what I, from what <laughs> I hear. Is, yeah, so, it's it's a yeah. public bus on the inside. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I want. It's a it's a practical. It's a hatchback. It's a Taco Bell. It's everything you could possibly yeah. need. It probably gets great mileage. That and, that shade of '90s teal really sets it off. Yeah. Yes, I am. I am yeah. certain that somewhere there's one out there with at least a quarter of the clear coat left on it. <laughs> so I think. I okay. think definitively we can say that the Twingo. Yeah, that's from, the one. It's from, the Twingo. Yeah, that's the perfect daily yeah. driver. That's that's <laughs> the perfect on, we, daily driver. Hold on, did we driver. just take like 45 or so minutes to define the Twingo as the perfect daily yes. driver? But, I would do it again in a heartbeat. That's the best time. That's the best amount of time I've spent in any day. Ever. I feel like I've yep. had like a fast one pulled on me right now. <laughs> no, it's it's. Well, you, there's going to be so many people shaking their fist into their listening devices, going "you." No, actually, yeah. see, here's the thing. Drew and I are on Twitter, and we already know that this will play great with that crowd because yeah. the Twingo is basically the 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 favorite vehicle. If you compiled all of Car Twitter's tastes, the one thing. Every single yep. person would agree on it. The Twingo is actually a one? joyous like car. As a group. Yeah, we can, can, we we can categorically, yes. Yeah, yes. And I, I've already had so many awful takes today, so I'm, I'm absolutely going to land on the crowd favorite. If you yeah, replace a 100 series, uh, or your LX, yeah. uh, if you replace that with a Twingo, yeah. yikes. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. You say yikes. Do you, do you think good. I will rhino line it? I'll, I will good, beat the rhino line good. that son of a gun. Oh, wow. Oh. Bet. But that you means can totally do it too. We, we need to have a challenge where uh, Ford sends us a new Bronco as a press car, and then 
Drew builds an off-roading version of the Twingo, and we see what is more capable. Double dog dare me that it will absolutely <laughs> happen. Yes, Drew, I won't Renault, you. Of, <laughs> Renault of Paris Dakar fame. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we will not get into the Moreau brothers. Shout out Ali Picard. Yes, that nice. will happen. That will absolutely happen. So I, I think with that, landing on the perfect daily driver, that is the perfect place to, to end this episode. Um, oh. I would like to thank Tony and Neil, who are dejectedly <laughs> <laughs> looking thing. away no, from their yeah. cameras. No, right I'm now. hyped. Own it. Own it. <laughs> I'm hyped, honestly. Uh, yes. So thank you so much for joining us today on the Trust in the Machine podcast. We really appreciate your time. And as usual, don't forget to spay and neuter your Peugeots. Also, go buy a Twinko, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that'll do.